0: Yo, I put it like wow, wow. 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 this that sound wow. These oaks don't work hard like me, I hope they know by now wow. Man, oh bad. Wow. Stand my ground. Throw these money trees go overseas like Percy Tau. I will make sure you stay around. Quiet when I'm under loud. No negatives allowed. Me positivity took a vow. I always play to win. Don't anticipate loss. Mind always in the climb, my boy. Never think about the drop. Never ever ever think about the drop. Welcome to it, sports fans. It is the MKT show. 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 Um. I've been off this week or whatever that means. So I was supposed to do some travel, but unfortunately due to weather conditions, I don't really want to bore you with my first world problems, but because it's not snowing, I didn't go to the snow destination I was supposed to go to. So instead I stayed at home. I literally locked myself in my house and did nothing, which was incredibly, different for me because i'm quite hyperactive i didn't even run this week um took a few few walks you know like a middle-aged man took a few walks out there um i live in a new suburb so it's been nice to kind of see the suburb i live in pretty cool um yeah very nice very nice to relax I, i'm not a good relaxer i just i realized this week I'm not, i'm not very good at relaxing you know some some people are very good at relaxing Like, my sister is great at relaxing. She's high-octane, you know, actual scientist, statistician. So she's hard at it, you know? But when it's time to relax, she's doing her thing. And I've thought about it. You know, I partied so hard in my 20s. I don't know if subconsciously I feel bad about being sort of lazy in my 20s, you know? So now I'm just not good at taking time off. Like I just, I've never taken time off work. Like I I just, it's not my thing. It's not what I do. Um, (laughs) And that that makes me think of a a question somebody asked me this week. So if you're alive and you're in your thirties, people are always asking, oh, why are you single? Why are you this? Uh, You know, number one, I have to be honest, I'm a very difficult person. I, I, I'm very difficult to be around because I'm quite a rigid, boring person. I don't really live like I used to live in my 20s, you know, like I've lost my spirit of of adventure. Also, I'll talk to someone is I've also done a lot of stuff, hey, so it's very difficult for people to get my attention. Like, <laughs> I mean, it sounds how it sounds, whatever somebody was telling me a travel story. And I was like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, I've been there, done that, done that, done that. And I felt myself drifting out of their story. But that's not very good. You should listen to people, you know? Like, people's experiences are important to them. Anyway, so the other thing I thought was, I really do love my work. Like, I'm quite obsessive about work. And I love it because I get to work in sport largely, uh, talking largely, you know, this is just one part of what I do for a living um, in the broader sense. But I'm quite obsessive, you know. And I said to them, look, because I've thought about it a lot, you know, is outside of my personality and how I look, of course, blah, blah, blah. But I would be a terrible boyfriend. And I'm not just saying that to be like, you know how people fish for compliments. But no, no, I've really thought about it, is that Whoever would come into my life would have to be mature enough to realize they would always, for the rest of my life, be second to my work, you know. And if I can find somebody like that, cool, can get it going? If not, probably going to die old and lonely, hopefully with a lot of money, you know. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's the answer I gave to somebody recently, but it's genuinely what I feel. Like, I'm obsessed with my work. So, what that means is I'm terrible at relaxing. Terrible 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 um at just chilling out so but back back to action you know i think it's it's over um and also I, I had said on previous podcasts that i'm gonna run the 100 mile at utct but the more i think about it the more i think work is gonna be insane so i might just do the 100k or, or maybe nothing and do something early next year uh, I've done Addo twice, so I might do something like... I haven't done the Mac Mac, so I might do that. Um, because I, I, I want to start getting into like animal shape for these things. You know, I've run a lot of them where I've been in good shape. And the only race that's really come off for of me was when I ran Cape Town Ultra Trail. The very first one. What was that? 2016. And I just hammered that. I mean, I was an animal that year. I ran a 242 marathon that year. Um, I ran 30-minute 10Ks. And it's it's the only race I've really enjoyed because it's the only race where I've been just in, like, beast mode, proper shape, got massive blocks in, obsessed with it. So I, I was thinking about the 100-mile-at UTCT, and I just think it's, it's probably not a good idea because I really love running. And when I'm not in great shape, these things are difficult to enjoy if you're not in beast-like shape. And I'm a very competitive person, you know? I want to have time goals. So, hmm... I don't want to renege on that, but I, I, I'm thinking more and more about it because it, it also costs a fortune, eh? Bloody hell. Um, so so we'll see. We'll see whether that's going to happen. Just thought I'd uh, report that, but feeling good. Um, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to relax again on Monday. So I'm recording this on Sunday night. Not sure if I'm going to re- relax again one last day tomorrow or get back to it. Um, but I am going to start hammering the training and we'll see how I feel closer towards UTCT and see how the next six to eight weeks go. If I can get in a solid block of like 90Ks a week, proper gym, um, then maybe. But if I can't, then, you know, there's a few things happening on the work side. So I'm gonna have to take care of that this week. I think um, I'm expecting some feedback in the next two weeks about f- four things that I'm in conversations about. And depending on how those go, will depend where I live in the world, which is uh, which is an exciting time to be alive. All right, what are we talking about today? Mason Mount, massive, massive, massive news. Obviously, Man United, two bids turned down. Um, and now it looks like the third bid of 55 mil also turned down. So I wanna talk about my thoughts on that and how Chelsea are conducting themselves and just that whole situation. And then the Ashes. Uh, yeah, that's gonna be interesting. That's gonna be interesting. Um, If you are listening to this in the car, and let's say it's winter where I live, right? So you're in the Republic of South Africa. You know, yesterday, you maybe went out on Saturday night feeling a bit grumpy Sunday morning. You've had a couple too many. And, you know, you were supposed to do stuff with your lady, but it's 9.30. You're not ready now. She comes over, ready to go. Ah, oh, feeling a bit rough. Now she's she's just upset now. Like, oh my goodness, it was supposed to be brunch. Why did you go out last night and get hammered with the boys? Now you're feeling terrible about yourself. Because you're a terrible person. You've let your girlfriend down, let your partner down. What are you doing? Tell you what will make you feel better. Head on over to Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to the podcast, leave a rating for the show. It's gonna take you two minutes. You feel a bit better. Don't do it while you're driving, though. Cause you're putting other people in danger there. No need for that. Don't be a dickhead. You know what I mean? Nobody needs the dickhead on his phone while driving. Oh, I'm a good, I'm a good text driver. No, you're not. You're a dickhead. Put your phone down. Drive your car. You're not the victim. You know? <laughs> but anyway, if you're the terrible human who you your girlfriend down because you wanted to get hammered at the boys on Saturday, because the cheaters won the Curry Cup, and then you thought, oh, let's just have a couple more, and then let's have a couple more, and before you know it, it's 30 in the morning, and now your girlfriend's big brunch with her work friends, and now you're the hungover guy, and then you're not going. And she's like, actually, you know what? Just never mind, which she's right to do. It'll make you feel better. Give us a rating. Go give us a five-star rating. The MKT Show, uh, wherever you get. Your podcasts—that's how Americans say it. podcasts. All right, let's get in the show. Let us get into the show. Um, at MKT Inspires, if you want to slide in the DMs, um, I didn't really have anything great for the mailbag this week. Had a couple of just interactions with the people. Um, but if you if you have a question, anything, by the way, at MKT Inspires, uh, slide in the DMs. Instagram is the best one; I'm most active there, or Twitter. Uh, But I like Instagram's UX. Old Zucks has it going there. It's the best one. I love social media. So slide in the DMs. I'll answer your questions. Wide open. I don't block anyone, or I don't think I've blocked anyone. Um, Yeah, I've never blocked anyone on social media. I'm open. Criticism, positive, whatever. If you've got something, you're having some life problems, throw them in there. I'll give my thoughts. I'll give my thoughts. And um, I've got some feedback on the last mailbag. mkt at the mktshow.com. That's the email, that's the show's email. So if you want to email me, uh, whatever it may be, blah, 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 if you're interested in sponsoring the show, mkt at the mktshow.com. Otherwise, at mktinspires. So my mother listened to my feedback to uh, the homeboy who had some issues. With his with his heart. And I don't mean he was having a cardiac arrest, although some people might say matters of love are as as bad. It's as bad as a cardiac arrest. Myocardial infarction, they say. Um so my mom said I was too harsh, but I told her, Look here, mom. The the guy has to make a call, you know, stop wasting people's time is basically what I said. If you want to hear what I'm talking about, go back to the last episode um, of the T-shirt. You'll hear there was an incredible mailbag. The man is in an incredible situation. And I gave my thoughts. And my mom said I was too harsh. But I said, hey, that's what it is. And we discussed it before. So I don't know why she thought I was going to... She knows what I'm like. But anyway, I thought I was right. I listened to it again. I, hey... Look here, it is what it is. At MKT Inspires, if you wanna be on the show, I'll answer those questions. Um, just wanna start off with a bit of the rugby. So rugby championship, if you're not South African, rugby is like a staple. It's the one thing that we're world-class at in South Africa. We're, we're world-class at a few other things. You know, Banking systems are pretty good, very good, actually. World-class health, private health, incredible. Um, and rugby. People don't want Johan Horsen in and squad. I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, listen, I, I don't want to see Pollard play. Maybe give him a run out when we go up north. If there's like, a, I'm sure there'll be a friendly. Uh, do we play the All Blacks at Twickenham? I think there's an All Black Twickenham, uh, All Black Twickenham fixture for the Springboks. But I would take Johan Horsen for that long range um, kicking option. People say no. People are violently against it. Um, I wouldn't take Elton. I know Elton's back in the game but but he has to be your backup fly-off if they don't take horson because none of the other guys can kick and the problem is test matches at that level come down to can you kick you like nobody gets beaten by 15 points at the top level In, uh, like you're not going to beat the all blacks by 15 points at the world cup like that's just not going to happen you're not beating france by 15 points at home with their referees and they're producers that refuse to show replays. It ain't going to happen. It just is not going to happen. You've got to have a kicker. And for those who think I'm wrong, go back and watch the match where we were down to 14 men. And we had Alton, I mean, uh, what's it? Colby kicking Cheslin. And then we had Fuff kicking. And we, we, we would have won the game, we being the Springboks, if we had a kicker with 14 men. And we had 14 men, I think, when was that red card like? 35th minute? Can't remember. But anyway, get a kicker. Because nobody can live with our pack, by the way. Nobody can live with the bomb squad. The Springboks are just too loaded in terms of the physicality. So our game is get penalties, kick them over. And if Gorsen isn't there, then Elton Yankees has to be there. Simple as that. But for the rugby championship, it's going to be Elton. I see they haven't picked Horsen, which is what it is. I'm not happy about Gorsen not being there. People hate him, but I I don't get it. He's young and he can kick, and also, you know why I like him is he's a long range kicking option. Go back two thousand and seven, France Dane, long range penalties. That's how we win the World Cup. Like penalties are a big thing for the Springboks. Like we're not a try scoring machine. I can't remember the Springboks scoring fifty points under Rassie. I can't remember the last time the Springboks scored fifty because it's not our game. Like. Springboks don't pick playmaking fly-offs. Since Henry Honeywall, the Springboks have not had a I play flat fly-off, right? Like, we haven't. I love Pollard, but he's not, he's not Daniel Carter. He's not Stephen Larkham. you know? That playmaking guy on the game line, uh, Carlos Spencer type. Although, he's better than Carlos Spencer. Uh, I've never rated Carlos Spencer, but uh, conversation for a different podcast. He's more for the streets, eh? I'm talking about test-level creme de la creme. You know, Daniel Carter is—he's playing flat. He's putting people through the gap. So the great Stephen Larkins putting you in the hole. By the way, he's playing flat. And if you—if you're not there, that's your fault. Because he's going to deliver it flat and ensure you get through. That's not Pollard's game. It's—it's it's not the Springbok way. It's a, the fly half is really a conduit. So I don't get this, this obsession with not playing Johnson. Horsin. Because Johnson's nice. You can play him ten, twelve, fifteen, um, and he's not going to let you down. He's a tremendous athlete. He's a freak athlete. Okay, he had his stuff. Like, whatever went on, went on. But do you want to win the World Cup or not? Like, Bob Skinner came back out of nowhere. You know? Like, we, it's fine. Don't, don't worry about it. Get, get out of your feelings. Hobson should be in the team. He's our only long-range kicking option. Damon Willemsen cannot kick. I'd also bring... You know who I'd forgotten about? Gelant has to come back. A spoon course, you forget it. Like, like, There's just too much going on there. He hasn't played enough rugby. Chalant needs to be in that squad, by the way. He gives you 15 and wing cover, and he should be in the squad. I, I don't know why nobody's spoken about him. He, he should be in the team. He's an incredible rugby player, incredible under the high ball, an X-factor, and a great finisher. Look, I like these young guys, but Chalant has to be in the squad. Otherwise, it, it's silly. Those are my thoughts. Like to know what you think. At MK Teen Spies? do you watch the Ruggers? Tell you what, Em, I don't watch rugby anymore. Like, it was the Curry Cup Final this weekend. Did not care. And, like, whatever. Things move on. But I've also lost it for rugby because you should never make things complicated for the consumer, dude. Like, don't make it complicated for me to watch. Like, Super Rugby. Too complicated. Crusaders won another title. Like, did not care. Did not watch. The only thing I care about now is international rugby. And even then, it's like I'll watch maybe three or four clashes in the Six Nations and then All Blacks, South Africa, because Australia aren't serious about rugby. Which is sad. It's sad because I think rugby is going the wrong way. I hope uh, Major League Rugby saves it. But I, I think there was a time when Super Rugby was humming, where we were headed in the right direction, where the Americans were interested um, and now it's just too much rugby. Too, it doesn't mean anything. It's become like T Twenty cricket. They just play so much rugby, and it's so complicated. I, I can't for like, what's happening in the Super Rugby thing? So I don't know. I don't know if I'm out of the loop, but just give me international rugby. Uh, I'm probably going to go next week. We're playing Australia. Um, try to get to Ellis Park. Be fun wonder how much the tickets are 500 bucks worth it 100 percent worth it love to watch the spring box i do like watching having said that it's much better to watch at home right especially with my job i've been to so many events it is better to watch at home and i very rarely now especially in south africa i mean if i'm overseas obviously i'll take tickets for, for anything for the football but i very rarely watch unless i can sit in a box not because i think i'm the King of Scotland. Um, not a great movie, by the way. Very, very uh, overrated. Forrest Whitaker, great actor. But that movie wasn't great. Also, lots of historical inaccuracies. Uh, but because I need to do my job. Like, I like to watch and analyze. So I actually like to watch sport by myself. But Springboks, Australia. Might pop in there. Ellis Park. Five, pay my 500 bucks. Probably a little bit more. Probably 1, bucks, eh? Might be a 1,000 bucks. Springbok tickets, not cheap. But worth it. Worth it. World-class entertainment. It's a vibe. It is a vibe. So I'd like to know what you think. Do you still watch rugby? Do people still watch rugby? Schoolboy rugby, I watch. Like, I love schoolboy rugby. Didn't go this weekend. Hilton lost to my class last weekend. Disaster class. And I was getting cocky there. I was getting cocky there. Finish off on this before we get into the football. Um, so the show is going to go to two times a week, right? So the votes are in. I'm going to do it twice a week, Monday, Thursday. So I'll release on Mondays and Thursdays. So I will, yeah. So I generally record the night before. So I'll probably record Wednesday and Sundays. And then release Mondays and Thursdays. That's what's going to happen. 6.30. 6.30 a.m. Central African time. That's what's going to happen. Twice a week for now. Um, and also TBD. Because as I said earlier. There's a few conversations happening. If stuff happens that has to move. It may be more often. It may be less. It may be just once. It will not stop though. At the very least once. But this week you will get two episodes. And we'll keep it rolling. All Alright. All right. Let's get into the football. Mason Mount. What a situation. What a situation that is. What a situation that's turned into. My word. Fabrizio Aita the Pasta. Romano. Man, that guy's on fire. He's so cool. I love those guys. I'm not really into David Honesty. Not really my vibe. I, I, I like more Fabrizio Romano, but Honesty does a great job. All these guys do a great job. I love it. I love social media. I love following it. I love football. Uh, if you're new to the podcast. Football. 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 Uh, Football and the NFL dude. They're the best products in the world. I just love it. I absolutely love those two products. NFL's rolling again. Just loving that. Absolutely loving the NFL rolling. But the football's back. Fabrizio's gone nuts. And Mason Mount. What, What a hell of a situation. What a hell of a situation. Before I get into that. It made me think of something which I've realized makes people uncomfortable about me. And I'm very comfortable with this, by the way. Like, I'm not saying it to be cool, but this is actually how I conduct myself, you know. And so I I try and hold true to these two policies. Number one, people will always show you who they are. You have to believe them the first time. Now, that's not my wisdom. My father always taught me that, right? I always say to people, my father is the most disciplined person I've ever met. Honestly, like what he says is what he's going to do. But he's also like a super like he's not interested in what you've got to say. What are you doing? Right. People always show you who they are. You just have to believe them the first time. Like uh, you meet some girl or guy and they drunk and they this. And then you're upset three months into the relationship because they're big drinkers. What the hell are you talking about? Right? If your girl is loud right, and you met her and she's loud, you can't be upset that she's loud and extroverted. That's who she is. Or the, what the hell are you upset about? You should be upset with yourself. right? But number two, right, and I genuinely, and I, I've been talking to a lot of people like this. I can see why I'm difficult for people to deal with in person because I don't have lots of friends for, for this very reason right or, or people i consider my friends is that people are only gonna treat you the way you let them treat you so like i'm not a punk i don't let people punk me i and listen i love a bit of banter i love you know hey if, you, if you're gonna take it or if you're gonna give it you better be able to take it so i'm big on that banter but i'm also not a punk like i, I don't appreciate disrespectful people i come from a family of respect nobody disrespects me because I, i'm gonna call you out straight away like Hey, listen, listen, homie, I'm going to need to talk to you. Hold on real quick, right? But I see a lot of people complaining, and it's another reason why I can't be friends with a lot of people. People like to complain. I don't like people who complain. I'm like, just take control of your life. You're a grown-up. And I understand that confrontational nature doesn't work for people because people want to be liked, and I'm really lucky. I've got a great family, so I have the people who love me already that I want to love me, like the rest of you. If you don't have respect and you're not what I think is is half decent, go jump in the lake. What do I care? You're not gonna treat listen, just because you're upset, you're not gonna treat me a certain kind of way. You you bet you best believe that. <laughs> you best believe that. People will only treat you how you let them treat you. Hundred percent. That is a hundred percent certified fact in life. Right? Chelsea's new ownership don't have time to be mucking about and going soft now, right? They got to set the tone now. Like now, it's clear moving forward for everyone. Like, okay, that's not a place to go and play. Like that—that that, that is not a place to come. To. So, if Chelsea say sixty million, they mean sixty million. Don't even muck about because you're wasting your time going there. And now you know what the negotiation is going to go like. You're having a grown-up conversation with a bunch of grown-ups. Like, if you're another club, you're like, my God, okay. There is a new era. These guys mean business. These guys are serious. These guys are for bro-ro. You know what I mean? And, and that's important. It's important in life to set a tone. Like, no, you're not going to treat me like this. And behave that way. And Chelsea are being very, very clear. Because what I see is everybody making it about the money. It's not about the money. It's not about the money. It's about controlling the behavior of of other clubs man United are not the issue this is Chelsea saying no no no. when we come here this nonsense of that's gone on in the past and even really it's a continuation of Rome right and and Marina is when you come here you guys thought we were mucking about in January we're gonna just spend 600 million listen Todd Boone is one of the most successful investors in the in the history of mankind what do you think this guy's an idiot Uh, People think this guy's an idiot. He's got over £70 billion of assets that he's looking after with Clear Lake Capital. Like, you're not dealing with a moron, and he's employed high-level people. The £600 although it didn't look planned, there is a plan there. If you look at the profile of Player, I will cover this in another podcast. Uh, But you're dealing with ruthless people here, by the way. And they are setting a tone... This is how you will treat us. If you come to Chelsea, you will pay market value. You're not gonna bully us. We're not Arsenal. Remember when Arsenal Arsenal been bullied for years though, uh, like from Van Persie to Nasri to Adebayor, just like like how are you letting these guys leave for this ridiculous why is Ces Fabregas leaving? Why is Barcelona ripping you off on one of the best midfields in the world and not paying a world record fee? What what's going on there? You know, so I, I, I thought that was a great tone setter by Chelsea. Like these guys mean business and they are not here to muck about. But here's the other most important thing. You know, I was reading something about the Roman Empire and why the, the Roman Empire or, or at least the Roman Republic um, collapsed. The great Julius Caesar. Is that you, my child? Blah, blah, blah. With Brutus. If you don't if you don't know history, go read a book. I, I don't know. I don't know how to help you. But the reason the Roman Empire fell wasn't the threats from the outside. It was from inside. Or, oh, Sorry, the Roman Republic. It wasn't from the outside. It was the enemy within. So what Chelsea are doing, and I believe this is very deliberate, knowing a few people who work in that finance and private banking world, is you need to be clear who's in charge. Because in football, there's a, there's a little bit of a, the players are in charge vibe at some places. Man United are suffering that right now. Arsenal went through this a lot. Uh, Chelsea later on uh, with John Terry, the players were in charge. But it's not very clear to the players. Like, what Chelsea are saying is, we don't care that this guy's one of our own and our fans love him and there's a banner and he's proper Chelsea and all these things that people are saying. The boy who had a dream, they're saying. Um, we are in charge here. So his agent, the media, we're not going to hear from Mason Mount. He will hear from us. And we are in charge. And he will leave on our accord. And I think what's important about that is high-level people appreciate that. Because what it's telling you now is there's a structure. There's a very, very clear structure at Chelsea. And people love that. At Man City, the great thing about high-level people, you see it at Man City. There's structure. We know who's in charge. Like after Roman, it got a little bit messy, and obviously he was still looking for um, football people. But it's clear now. And what I would say for Chelsea, right? And I, I think this is what he's going to do. Number one, I don't think they're going to. No matter what happens, I don't think they are now going to sell Mason Mount because the reports are they asked for a face-to-face meeting. Man United say there's no point in a, in that meeting. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. If you believe the reports, you believe the reports. Obviously, there's a PR side, Mason Mount. Trust me, I worked in football. I work in football. I work in sport. When things get out in the media, people want that to get out. So Mason Mount's PR job, they've done a terrible job from Mason Mount's side, by the way. The PR handling from his side. But whatever. I I don't really care about that. What I think Chelsea are going to do now, and they have forced Man United's hand a little bit, even if they get the price they want, Mount's not going anywhere. And what that does is set, sets the tone. Because what's nice about being Chelsea, keep in mind, Chelsea haven't really spent money in the last three years. Like big, 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 big money. $200 million was Frank Lampard's last window. Keep in mind for two windows, we, Chelsea was suspended. So really, they are two years behind if you think of the financial fair play. So they didn't spend for two windows. Lampard spent $200 million badly. And it hasn't really been anything else. So the 600 million, if you amortize it, is really over three windows. Three years, actually. So Chelsea's financial fair play, like, you know, it's fine. But what you do by not selling made smart is you set the tone. You are very, very clear that if a player comes here and we have a contract and we say this was what goes, this is what goes. And the strength to let him go for free also lets people know that we are in charge. We don't need you. And we're not going to be rushed into anything. Because the worst thing in life, by the way, is being rushed by other people into making decisions. High-level people don't do that. You let Mason Mount sweat it out, right? And also, one of the things in life you've got to be is patient. Mason Mount comes in. He's a high-energy player. Pozzicino loves a high-energy player. The fans boo him maybe for six months. He's back at it in January. He's the player of the season. Who says he doesn't sign? Or maybe he goes. Not a problem. But in the end, the institution stays strong. Because it's not about anything else but the institution that is Chelsea Football Club. Now, my personal feelings on Mason Mount. Why is he going to Manchester United? That is the last place you want to be going. And listen, I'm all for banter and, and whatever. Chelsea are out the top 10 or whatever. But, like, we know what Man United are now. They are nowhere near it. By the way, Man United need a new goalkeeper. Juan Bissaka is a joke of a right-back. I mean, he's a centre-back at right-back. All he can do is tackle, right? He gives you nothing crossing the halfway line. So they need a proper right-back. Varane's too injury-prone, so they probably need another centre-back. Lisandro Martinez now, ACL guy. We don't know what that's going to look like, Right. So they need probably two new centre-backs. Luke Shaw's magnificent at left-back. He's the one guy in the back four where I go, bloody hell, that's proper. So of your back four, if you're playing forward to back, you need three new guys. Timbers just signed for Arsenal. And Casemiro's not good enough. I'm sorry. Like, it's now been clear that he is not good enough and ageing. Maybe you get another good season out of him. But he's too slow. He's too cumbersome. This is not Real Madrid. You don't have Cruyff and Modric, by the way. And he's been sorely exposed here. So, so where is he going at Man United? Because I just I don't see it. Like, is there something I'm missing? Marcus Rashford, like, is Re- Marcus Rashford? Is that who you want to play with? Come on. Like, Mason Mount's good enough to play for any international team. He's so quick. He's high work rate, looks after the ball, technically clean. He's just your six and a half um, out of ten every game player. You know, he's, it's why I think England like him. He's up and down. He's disciplined. He's not like Rashford. He'll drop back, can play eight, six, ten, eleven. So I, 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 I'm not gonna lie. I like Mason Mount, but why would you go to Manchester United? That makes no sense. There is no player at Man United right now where I'd go. I want to play with him. Like, who does he want to play with? him? Marcus Rashford. Marcus Rashford is top six quality. If he wasn't from Manchester United, nobody would care. Like, he is not good enough. It's over now. And Rashford's not a youngster. He's like 25. So this is what he is, by the way. An injury-prone, decent player is what Marcus Rashford is, who shoots a lot. Anthony, that's hysterical. That's terrible. Jadon Sancho is a laugh. So why would you go to Man United? Makes absolutely no sense. Because there's only, I would say, two and a half clubs to go to, right? You're already at the one club, England's most successful club over the last 22 years. You're already at Chelsea, and you know Chelsea are aggressive, right? Doesn't matter what people think. Chelsea are aggressive, they're going to spend. And Roman Abramovich has locked Todd into having to spend the way he set things up. With the handover. But you want to be at Man City, you want to be at Chelsea, or you want to be at Newcastle. Maybe Liverpool. Like, I don't know what this Jürgen thing is going to look like. They've won one title. Let's also just relax on Jürgen Klopp. You don't want to be... If you're in England, you do not want to be outside of Man City and Chelsea. You really don't. And now, maybe Newcastle. Let's see. there. They've just signed Tonali. That looks interesting. But even then, they're still figuring it out. Maybe you don't want to be part of the startup. You want to join Newcastle in three, four years' time once they've got... Mbappe or something, you know? It makes no sense from Mason Mount. Like, you know, as a Chelsea fan, genuinely, I feel nothing because I don't see Man United as a threat to Chelsea. Like, I'm looking at Man City, I'm looking at Newcastle and Liverpool. Like, those are the clubs that I'm worried about because I know over the next five years they are consistently going to spend, they've got the youngsters, they've got the quality. Like, Man United have so much work to do. They have so much work to do. Like, who's the striker, Martial? Who's he gonna play with? And he probably wants to play on the left. Marcus Rashford just signed maybe the biggest contract in the history of Man United. So, from Mount's point of view, like, I, I love Mason Mount. I'm not. I don't, I don't lie. I love that style of player. Just clean, efficient, disciplined. I love. Having a cog, right? He's just a he's a metronome. But if he leads to Man United, I'm like, ugh. Terrible decision. What are you doing? Now, if he goes to Man City, I get it. Now you're playing with a creme de la creme. You've got a top-notch coach. You know you're going to win there. You're going to go there and you're in the Premier League, Champions League conversation. Not nonsense cups. We're talking FA Cup, Premier League... Champions League every year for the next decade at Man City for sure, 100% guaranteed. You are in the mix at Chelsea. You are going to be in the mix, Chelsea for the last 20 years in the mix for the big trophies. Don't let one season fool you. Like (laughs) I'm loving these Arsenal Man United fans pretending like they're back. Arsenal are back in the Champions League for the first time in six years. Six years. That's embarrassing. (laughs) That isn't imba- so, <laughs> That's hysterical stuff. Since Arsenal lost, won the league. Chelsea have won five, five. Since Man United lost, won the league. Chelsea have won two. Man City have won what five? That's where you want to be. Those are the two clubs that have shown you we're aggressive, and Chelsea now have the best talent in Europe in house. Man City best talent in house. The young, best, raw talent in house. Like, we don't know where Arsenal's going to go. But, he, okay, Arsenal's not his problem. Makes absolutely no sense to me. Man City, Newcastle, Liverpool, I could get that. If you want to work with the best coaches in the world, and they're they they, they they're, they're winning. You're in your prime now. You, the next four or five years, you know Liverpool, if they keep Jurgen Klopp, they're going to play cut and thrust football, and they're going to be in the mix. They're going to they're gonna be a problem for Man City, for Chelsea. Man, Man United are not winning the league... Man United are not winning anything of value in the next five, six years. Not because I'm biased, because they don't have the players. So, so what are you going to do? He's not Diego Maradona, by the way. Like Leo Messi, Diego Maradona, you change the face of a franchise. He's going there to compete for fourth, fifth place. Because that is the team they've got. And it doesn't matter what they take over. It's too late now. There's only so much talent in the world. Chelsea has hoarded all of it. Man City have all of it. Bayern Munich are not letting go of Kimmich and Goretzka and Musiala and all these guys. I mean, listen, slide in the DMs. Name one world-class player at Manchester United. And by world-class, I mean you've been the best in the world for three years in a row at your position. So that's what I always look at. For the last three years in a row, can I say you are the best in your position or at least in that conversation. You know. And by the way. If I have to go. Mm, you're not world class. Right. Because when I say to you. Jack Grealish. You're like. Yeah, yeah. When I say to you. Vinicius. You don't have to think about. It. Kevin De Bruyne. Oh, well, We're very clear. Right. Tiago Silva. If I say to you. Tiago Silva. We're not having conversation. Vincent Kompany. You know. Andrew Robertson. Like, this is clear. It's clear. Kyle Walker. You, you don't have to think about it. Edison. Yes. It's more like it's world-class. If, uh, certified. bona fide, There is not a single player Manchester United have that would make the top three world teams right now. Not a single player. And, and if you can find it, at MKT Inspires. So where is Mason Mount going? What is that Manchester United that he thinks... Is going to help his career. I do not understand this. He goes to Newcastle. He plays. Bruno Goumares and Tonali. Start at Manchester United. Now. That's who you'd be playing with there. And you got San Maximum. And you got Isak. Who all start at Manchester United. Easily as well. Shah. I... I, I You know, I've never liked Rafael Varane. So people like him. I I don't understand it. Like, it is what it is. Somebody told me I don't watch enough Man United. Trust me, I watch Man United every weekend. I don't get it. He's always injured as well. There's a reason Real Real Madrid don't sell players. Real Madrid only let you go when you're done. And what happened this year again? Injured again. So I don't get it. But that's my thought. Mason Mount. Love to know what people think. At MKT Inspires Please take a second to go and rate the show Wherever you listen to your podcast Give us five stars Leave a review Cool show Ah, bro, you don't don't know anything about football How can you say Varane's not Better than Diaz Or whatever I don't know what people think Like Man United fans are They deluded at this point It's hysterical to me Man United fans (laughs) you, You know what I think it is i'm 37 now so a lot of the people that i'm friends with grew up with man united being successful so it's actually very difficult for them to realize that they're like the fifth or the sixth best club in england because that's what the results say it's like arsenal fans you know like listen if you're young let me tell you something about arsenal football club quickly before i move on they were the first people to play sexy football in england while man united were dominating there was th- there was three years when they did the Invincible thing. Everyone supported Arsenal. There was a time when Perez, Thierry Henry and Freddie Leomberg, right, were doing things that English football has had never seen. They had never seen it. They had Ashley Cole on the left. Lorraine on the right. It was, it, as they say in North London, it was a Mazaline. It was that Invincible side was scary. But I also want to make it clear, that's 20 years ago. So you you know, you can't live in that time and say you're a big club because it sounds cool to talk about history. Well, what are we talking about? Man City and Chelsea are the gold standard now. That, like that's just what it is. You don't have to like what I'm saying. Chelsea have had a down three years. They won the Champions League two years ago. And nobody, and no one at Chelsea is happy about that, by the way. We're like, ugh. You know, it's been a little long since we won the league. And we're going into, what, year six now? Without the league? Man United are going into year, it'll it'll be 10 years. So it'll be, it's already 10 years. It'll be 11 years without the title. Arsenal will be, it'll be the 20th anniversary. (laughs) But 20 years without winning the league. That's what we were talking about. And Mason Mount thinks he's going to go change Man United. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. MKT at TheMKTShow.com. Let me know your thoughts. All right. Let's finish off with this. The Ashes. Um, you know what I like about sport, Tim? Like genuinely. And listen, I'm a pretty bottom line guy. I think the reality of life is the cream tends to rise to the top. But, but sport... I believe is the last bastion that's purely based on ability. Especially the top end. Because we can see if you're not good enough. Even if your dad hooks you up. But if you get picked for the team, we can see eventually. You just get exposed. Things are too professional now. People watch too much tape. It's too hyper-analyzed. There's too many smart people. There's too much money involved. If you are a weak point, you will be exposed. And if you're not good enough. So sport for me is the last bastion of meritocracy so it's an ability business like cut the nonsense it's an ability business that's all it's about it's not about anything else are you good enough yes you're in and and good enough means a lot of things right like people leave out the mental side of being uniquely mature That's what I love about these young men and women that play these great sports but talking about the ashes it's an ability business right England are going to lose the series so badly. After watching the first series... And I had some time. I went and looked at it. And I went and... As I was planning the show... England are going to lose this. Remember I said 4-1... Just because I was looking at the scorecard. And I was right. I went and looked a little bit deeper. Right? They're going to lose so badly. It's going to be 4-1. Because Australia won that game... And none of the star players played well. Right? Their bowling wasn't great. And the two best batsmen in the world. Well, I see Joe Ruscon to number one now, but whatever you think of those ratings. But their two X-Factor guys didn't pitch up. It was four dead innings. So what happens if Shane or Smith comes off? What happens then? Because I said it last week. England have no X factor. The only guy that I think is proper, proper is Joe Root. The rest of it is mediocre. I, I've never understood the Ben Stokes thing. But like, I was talking to someone about it and they say he pitches up in big moments. I'm like, whatever. I just like, is your average good or not? Because your average tells me what you are. You know, I don't want to start getting into he's a big moment player. Like, Jacques Cullis, average 55. Okay, legendary. Sachin Tendulkar. all right, averages over 15 test cricket. That's madness. Ricky Ponting, crazy. Steve Smith okay the average tells me what you are like I I I don't I don't want to start thinking about why you're a good player I, I can just look at your average men lie women lie numbers don't lie like I like Ben Stokes he's good vibes I I do like him but he's not a legend like he's a bigger moments legend and for the streets legend than he is a cricket legend like I'm sorry I'm sorry I I don't think that's a hot take when you're average 32 and you're batting five I'm sorry like, you shouldn't be batting five with a, five, with a 32 average. And, and don't let three or four moments fool you. Labuschagne Shane and Smith had four dud innings and England can, couldn't capitalize. But you know what everyone always tells me is how great James Anderson and Stuart Broad are. I'm like, are mm, they? Are they Are they great? So I went and looked at the numbers, Sam. Eh? So here's James Anderson. At home, he has 430 wickets at 23. An average of 23. If you don't know in cricket, your average as a bowler is how many runs you concede per wicket you get. And that's, like, if you don't watch cricket, that's hugely important. As a bowler, it is hugely important. There's something called a strike rate as well. That's how many balls you take to get a wicket. Um... But how many runs you concede per wicket is huge. So, James Anderson at home, which is England, 430 wickets, away 234 wickets at 30.5. So, he averages 23 at home, 30.5. So, he has an overall bowling average of 26.1. The other guy, Stuart Broad, at home, 382 wickets, so 25.72. And away, 186 wickets at 31.9. So once they leave home, by the way, which is where your great bowlers flourish, actually. When I say great, I'll tell you what great is just now. Stuart Broad's overall average, 27.59. So 26 and 27 is your opening, like, legendary bowling force. So if you don't watch cricket, that's not good enough. If, if you want to be at the, at the highest, highest, you want to be Australia and South Africa at the peak, and you want to be winning like just bulldozing people that those numbers are just not good enough and for me i i i don't like longevity awards unless it justifies your numbers compared to the other ones like i'm not big on making someone legendary because they've played the longest were they able to maintain the highest standards over that time and this average tells me no And I'm not a hater, because here's, I've found a bunch of guys all above 400 wickets, right? Let me just give you some context into when we say great bowlers in terms of averages, because the average is important. It's probably the best indicator of greatness. So I'm going to give you some numbers. Um, Glenn McGrath, 21.64 average. All of these guys have over 400 wickets, by the way. Glenn McGrath. 21.64. 21.64. Courtney Walsh, 24.44. Dale Steyn, 22.95. Sean Pollock, 23.11. Wasim Akram, 23.62. And this one's hysterical. Kirkley Ambrose, 20.99. That, that, that last one, if you don't watch cricket, just trust me. You, A guy with over 400 test wickets should not be averaging. He should be going for more than 20. Especially how bad the West Indies were for like 80% of his career curtly ambrose is underrated he is he should be in the conversation of top five greatest bowlers of all time and in my eyes he is maybe a conversation for a different podcast so all those guys are averaging 24 and below and you have your opening bowler for england 27 and 26 now the bulk of wickets that they've got is at home and i looked by the way it's usually against nonsense if you look at james anderson's average against south africa and australia all over 30 broad in uh, South Africa and Australia, all over 30. Everyone else, they're cleaning up because none of the other teams can play. See, <laughs> like, let's just face it: India are terrible away from home. They've been half decent under Virat a little bit away from home, but subcontinent guys just—if it bounces above your knee roll, it's over. They—that's why T20 is their thing. One-day cricket's their thing, and even then, the one World Cup they won is at home. In this generation, right? So stop telling me Broad and Anderson are great. They're not. What they are is fit. And you, you you must commend them for that. And they've played for a long time. But their numbers tell you they are middle of the road by international standards. Because a 26 and a 27 average for bowlers, that's not creme de la creme. It's very good. It's good. It's good. It'll work. It'll work at that level. But let me tell you the bowlers they're playing against. Scotty Boland. Seventeen point nine average. Cummins, twenty one point nine average. Hazelwood, twenty five point nine average. So all three of those bowlers, that's the star bowlers, that they're, they're better than the English guys. Not me, the numbers. The only guy England have is Joe Root. The only guy. The only guy who can turn a test match. The only guy the only guy who who puts fear into the Australians. Joe Root. And he came off and he's, he's, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. You can't deny it. Joe Root is so, so good. I will, I will. Listen. You average over 50. You got my attention. He's proper. Joe Root is proper, proper. Probably better at home than away. But whatever. Let's not get into that. There is no other X Factor. And they have no middle order. It's going to get embarrassing. And now Scotty Boland and, and these guys are going to settle in. Right, and and by the way, they've they've still got Mitchell Stark to bring back. So Australia are going to have the ability, maybe in the third, fourth test, to rotate their fast bowlers. What are England going to do? Ollie Robinson's hysterical. He shouldn't be. He's a he's a club level player. And then they don't have a spinner. So it's over. It is over. The the declaration was a joke, by the way, because he, here's my thing. Right, people are arguing. Oh, if he doesn't declare, he's not making it entertaining Listen, it's a five-test series. What are you in a rush for? You, and this idea that you have to make test cricket more entertaining, you don't. You don't, you don't need to make... You, you can go at three and over for 50 overs. Once the bowler starts to come back, a third, fourth spell, then you're going at five and over anyway, just because they, they're going to bowl more bad balls. So Harry Brook's about to find out what it's like when you play at the Mandate. Because this is a nonsense. Like, where was he smacking everyone? Was it New Zealand? And was it like Sri Lanka or Pakistan? Whatever it is. You know? Like, this is real life now. Because now now Scotty Boland, <laughs> he's averaging 17. The brilliant Pat Cummins, 21. So, so now you're dealing with international level boland. The Now Harry Brooks finding out that... Oh, uh, okay. We don't just-just. In South Africa, we say you do not just, just. Not here. It's going to be embarrassing. I'll do more Ashes stuff on Thursday. um, But I'd love to know what people think. For me, I've never rated Broad or Anderson as the creme de la creme. Are they good international bowlers? Yes. Are they creme de la creme? No. Absolutely not. Neither of those two for me are in the top 10 fast bowlers of all time. I've just named guys with above 400 wickets there. Right? And that's McGraw. one, two, three, four, five, six. I've named six guys that are better than those guys just with over 400 wickets. I haven't gotten into Joel Garner, Alan Donald. I haven't gotten into those guys. So for me, once your average is 25 and above as a bowler, you're not creme de la creme. You're good, but you're not creme de la creme. And there's a reason why Australia... Have won the last three Ashes series. And I think they can over they, they, they actually they're gonna win this one easily. So like this is not even gonna be close. Because now Usman Kawaj is confident. What happens if Steve Smith plays two innings? Because all you need now from Steve Smith is two innings, and one from La Shane in another in another test where he goes, Hey, why makes his 180? Then you're in big problems. Because they can defend a low total. Those three quicks are sensational. Nathan Lyons, brilliant, keeping an end, sort of plugged up. 4-1 Australia win. That first test match was hysterical. I don't know what Ben Stokes is doing. The, please stop saying he's making it more entertaining by declaring. Your job is to win test matches. It's not to be entertaining. That's not your job. This is not T20 cricket. Like, I don't want to choose baseball or, or, or whatever. It's like, why, why are people so obsessed with making something more entertaining than it already is? It's the whole thing about test cricket is attrition. It's, it's entertaining by its very nature of, can you wear the other people down? That's what test cricket is. So, I didn't get that. I didn't get that statement when he was saying it. It sounded cooler than... I think he... Ben Stokes so likeable. I just think it sounded cool. A- and people... I-, I guess in a new age, people are just going... You have to be entertaining. No, you don't. Not for Test Cricket. Y- you do not. It's, it's already built into Test Cricket that it's entertaining. It's built into the model. It's not like the other things where you've got to wear funny kits... And, you know, explosions for a boundary. No need. No need for Test Cricket... People that are watching it, we already understand that this is an extension of war. Test cricket is a war of attrition, right? Five small battles, and if you win three, you win the war. Proverbially speaking. So I, I really don't get the obsession with that first day declaration. It was a calamitous thing. All right. That is the show. There will be another one on Thursday. Slide in the DMs at MKT Inspires. MKT at The MKT Show. If you have thoughts on things you'd like to hear. MKT at The MKT Show. If you'd like to sponsor the show or you've got any thoughts. Always open to those conversations. MKT at the MKT show.com Have the greatest week you have ever had. I'm going to get back to training probably Tuesday. I think I might take monday off again you know it's just i need to get better at relaxing like well you know what am i going to tell you uh (laughs) i was at a dinner on friday night with someone and i said i'm a working class hero and he said no but you don't even work and i said you're quite right i'm just a (laughs) hero quite right yeah, even heroes need to relax, ladies and gentlemen. My name is MKT. This has been the MKT show, and for now, I am the hell. I. Am.